It's a long story, actually. No, no, no. I, I've been in radio for many years. Uh, love the medium and just am sport mad. So it is, it's, it's just, I'm really chuffed to be here and, and, and love the show, what it does, and, and look forward to, to sort of hopefully taking it to greater heights. Well, absolutely. We look forward to that because, um, you know, Nicholas did really, really well in his uh, spell here. Absolutely. And now the, I've been left as a, a something of a caretaker. <laughs> I hope it's not been too destroyed or damaged in the, the last <laughs> couple of weeks. But looking forward to, to that. And um, how you feel about working at the weekends? Uh, you know what? I've always worked weekends. So, uh, and, and especially being a sport nut, that's when it all happens. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, this afternoon, you're going to hear more from uh, Brad Brown. Yes, as you heard uh, a little bit earlier, it is the first derby of the season, which is uh, kinds of Chiefs against Orlando Pirates. It's a pre-season one, but as we always know, there's always serious matters when kinds of Chiefs and Orlando Pirates play. It, this afternoon, later on, the Bulls will be trying to beat the Brummies, make the final. The thing is, of course, if they win this, they're going to have to travel. Whoever wins yes, has to go to well, New Zealand. Well, exactly. I mean, well, the Brummies would sort of yeah. halfway back home but they still need to go all the way to town yeah so, so in a way the bulls are gonna it's gonna be whichever way the bulls do this to win the super rugby tournament it's gonna be a very very difficult trip and i mean that semi-final this morning was an absolute humdinger so i mean both those sides would have been worthy of, of being great finalists well of course and the bulls haven't been uh, particularly impressive in the last couple of games so they're going to have to up things uh, certainly today and if they are going to get anything out of the super rugby tournament Going to, they're going to have to lift it up a long, long way. That's after 5 o'clock. Craig Ray will be reporting on that. Muhammad Ali is our man at the FNB Stadium for the Soweto Derby, the Conning Black Label Cup. But Nick Dye brings us up to speed with uh, the, the senior British Open. I can tell you, South Africa's David Frost is well-placed in that tournament. He'll be um, updating us every hour. Um, at about quarter past, uh, and a South African doing very well on a ladies' European tour. Now, last week it was Leanne Pace who won the Spanish uh, Open, but uh, this week at uh, the senior, at the ladies' uh, Masters in Europe, uh, not good at all, uh, looking bad. But Ashley Simon, she's actually uh, been in a share of the lead after the second round. At the moment, she's one stroke shy of the lead. South Africa A is up against Australia A. That's in the um, first unofficial test, which is out at uh, Tuckies at the moment. Interesting day's play as far as that is concerned. Plenty of runs have been scored in that match. At the moment, the Australian A side is 216 for five in the second innings. That's interesting because it's the final day, only leading by 76 runs with five wickets remaining. The doping problems continue to taint sport. And not, not just one sporting code either. It's not in the past. It just used to be cycling. It's now spreading its wings, unfortunately. Yes. Um, the latest news is that Marin Cilic, apparently the tennis yeah. player, um, has uh, tested positive. We'll wait and see what happens with that. But that comes hot on the heels of yesterday's uh, news where um, a bit of how should we say, complete ignorance as uh, far as tennis players are concerned, uh, saying they didn't really know what was uh, going on and 
um, I can't remember the name of the guy who um, who te- was po- confirmed tested positive yesterday. It's uh, Victor Troitsky. Troitsky, yes. Troitsky, that's And he said um, what happened was that they came to take a test from him and he was feeling ill. And he reckons the doping control officer told him, it's okay, you don't have to give your blood sample. The, just the urine test will do. The doping control officer denies ever having told him that. So, anyway, it's a, a funny old... Yep, uh, Ty- Tyson Gaze, B-samples come back positive. So, yeah, it's rocking the world of sport. Oh, let's not forget uh, the quiz question. And, of course, it, since it is a Soweto derby day, what is the question this afternoon, bro? Yeah, the first Soweto derby took place back in January 1970. So this sort of rivalry has been going on for, for many, many years. But the interesting thing about Orlando Pirates... Uh, in the 1970s, they had something very unique about their kit that was different to normal sort of footballing kit, and we want to know what that difference was. Mm, so what was the difference? Uh, what made the, the Orlando Pirates kit uh, different from the rest? Yeah, SMS is 34701. You'll get to know that pretty well, Brad. Uh, Twitter handle is SAFMSS, and on a Facebook, SAFM Sports Special, you can uh, answer that question this afternoon. What made uh, the Orlando Pirates strip of uh, the 1970s uh, so interesting? Our first feature, oh, by the way, I caught up with Daryl Impey last night. He's in action at the San Sebastian Classic today, so obviously racing, so we can speak. No, no rest for the wicked. No, well, that's what I asked him, actually. We'll, we'll hear from him a little bit later on. And I also went to the Nelson Mandela Children's uh, Fund offices yesterday. The Sapinda Project uh, is taking young South Africans sailing around the world. They have to come back and give to their communities. It's part of Nelson Mandela Month. It is Madiba Month. We'll wrap it up in some style, talking to a couple of those people. And... Uh, also, chatting to the guy who makes it possible for these kids to go and do that. But I think it's time to get into our first guest of the afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're going to be chatting to, to Rambankai. Fascinating story, this. Uh, but a group of five South African extreme swimmers. And I, I love sort of endurance sports and, and extreme sports, but this is just taking, for me, one step too far. What, what they're going to be doing uh, is they're jetting off, and they're going to be part of uh, a relay swim across 110 kilometers uh, of ICC between Russia and the U.S., the Bering Strait, they're going to try and swim across. And uh, if you know anything about the Bering Strait, that's where the deadliest catch well, exactly. TV series is about fishing and waves and, and crazy sea conditions. Exactly. And a lot of, lot of grown hairy men swearing at each other. Well, I wonder if extreme swimmers <laughs> are the same. <laughs> Ram Baikar, welcome on to SAFM Sports Special. Uh, thanks for joining us this afternoon. You guys are jetting off fairly soon. Good afternoon. Uh, how, how how are we feeling ahead of this amazing, amazing sort of effort? Well, we're busy checking in now, and um, I'm only 20 kg overweight, <laughs> my luggage. So uh, apparently um, the only golf, uh, the only sport instrument you can take on Emirates is golf clubs, but I can't take my stand-up pedal that I wanted to use as well. So I have to leave it behind, but we're at the airport checking in now. And getting ready to say goodbye to family and friends. Rev, you guys are, are going to be experiencing water temperatures that are, are bitterly, bitterly cold. Uh, and you guys aren't using wetsuits. It's basically just goggles, swim cap, and a speedo. Yeah, we always we we, we don't own a wetsuit. Um, we only we only wear a pair of speedo brief, uh, speedo cap, and goggles. That's it. That's we're not allowed to swim with anything else. That's that's the way we always swim. In, in water that cold, um, how much space do you need in the Speedo? 
Um, you know, we've got quite tight speedos, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, everything, uh, you know, what, what, um, what goes away comes back. <laughs> as long as you don't get frostbite, yeah. things fall off. Listen, when I, when I swam in Antarctica, it was my first swim in Antarctica in 2008, and uh, in the evening after the swim, it was zero degrees, I... I uh, used the satellite phone to my wife to say, I'm, I'm 100% <laughs> fully functional. <laughs> because that was her first question. We right? were worried. We were worried. <laughs> well, I must tell you, Ram, Stephen just crossed his legs uh, in front of me in the yeah. studio as, as you were telling us that story. Explain to me a little bit about the swim. Uh, there's obviously a, a whole team of international swimmers. There's 50 all in all that are, are going over. And you're swimming the Bering Strait in relay style. Explain to me exactly how it's going to work. Okay, it's it's um, it's been a about four year project and about twenty years idea by the Russian to to basically cross the Bering Strait from Russia to Alaska, which which is the only existing border between Russia and America, and used to be quite um, quite a hectic place uh, in the old days. Now there's about 20 guys from or swimmers from, from around the world and myself and Andrew Chin are part of the team as well we kind of uh, help to select the international one, most of them are international extreme cold water swimmers ice swimmers, uh, there are about 20 to 25 Russians and about another 100 logistic media and everything we're going to meet in a small town in the Far East Russia named Adina Anadir in about three days and we're gonna board on a it's a massive Russian army hospital ship uh, which is gonna take us to the Bering Strait. Uh, the Bering Strait is about 86k go uh, flight. We're probably gonna swim 110 if things gonna be okay because of current etc. So the idea is that everyone, there has to be someone in the water all the time. Um, we think it's probably going to take us about two days, 48 hours. Luckily, the sun, sun only sets for about three, four hours, so it's not going to be like really dark uh, when the sun sets. Water temperature varies. I think the Russian side is, is, is quite a bit colder, um, probably going to start about two degrees. Uh, tell Stephen not to paint, and um, <laughs> and it's going to warm up to balmy six, seven degrees when we get to Alaska. Yeah, so it means that we're probably going to swim a kilometer and rest until your time comes up again. It's about eight to ten hours rest before you do another kilometer, and it it, it can take sometimes days before your core body temperature goes back to normal. So that's going to be very interesting to go in again and again when your core body temperature is already um, well, although you feel warm your core body temperature inside you still half a degree to a degree below normal Ram, we're going to ask you to hold on a bit as we get our first update uh, on uh, the senior British Open. And uh, the man with the news is Nick Dye. David Frost, uh, a very happy man, I gather, because he's uh, made friends with a local family with a decent wine cellar, Nick. 
Absolutely. He wasn't certain about accommodation at one of the hotels here. I gather that he looked at a couple of rooms and was a bit iffy about it. And then there was somebody there who said, David, do you remember me? We've got a house on the course. Fancy staying here for the week. And uh, his prayers were answered all the more when they got there to find that it's got this amazing wine cellar. So he's hoping that he can crack that open come Sunday night. As things stand, David Frost's in a, a lovely position because after two rounds of 68, admittedly he said it was a little bit shaky on the second circuit, but he's four under par. It's only one stroke shy of the leaders Bernhard Langer and Mark Wiebe of the United States. And David Frost will start in another 35 minutes or so. Late start to the third round here. And uh, I want you to meet uh, Brad Brown at Nick Dyke because he's going to be taking over on SAFM Sports Special. Hello, Brad Brown. Hey, Nick. How's it going? It's going well. We'll be speaking every week from European tour events all over the world. I look forward to it. <laughs> Nick, and uh, some news as well on the South African front is James Kingston's uh, pretty well uh, placed at the M2M Russian Open. But yeah, uh, I gather that Michael Hoey has just moved into the lead and shot a terrific round over there. But, 65 uh, he's done there, but it uh, looks as if it's going to be an interesting weekend. Perhaps we can have a South African winner. Uh, Nick Dye will join you in at the next hour here on SAFM Sports Special. We thank uh, Ram for his patience. He's doing the South African ice swim from Russia to the United States uh, along to the Bering Sea. Ram, one thing which interests me is um, how much bail money have you taken with you? Because I gather you might run into to issues with the, the border police. How much what do you take with you? Yeah, ba- ba- bail money, because I gather you might you might run into <laughs> trouble. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Um, last year it was cancelled because the Americans said that um, if, um, if the Russian boat is going to cross uh, the territorial water, we're going to get arrested, so we didn't start. Um, so we've got, we've got, you know, I've got some biscuits and uh, and some biltong, and I'm sure we'll be fine if we, if we stay there for a few days. Biscuits and biltong could solve the world's problems, Ram. I'm, I'm with you on yeah, that. Yeah, biltong. You can survive on biltong, yeah. For Ram, you, you mentioned your, your core body temperature and how much it drops on a swim like this. Obviously, for someone like myself who, who does a lot of swimming training down at his local gym, uh, in a heated pool, I couldn't just go and jump in the bearing straight. I'd probably have a heart attack before anything else. But how do you prepare for a swim like this? There are two aspects to, to swimming in cold water. One is physical and one is mental. Physically, I think like any sport, you just basically have to exercise, uh, submerge yourself in cold water. We, in Cape Town, uh, fortunately for us, unfortunately for most of the Kipchonians, we have a very cold water in the Atlantic Ocean. So we, we swim on a regular basis in 11, 12 degrees in the open sea. And you get used to it to a certain extent. Your body gets used to not panic. So is your brain, um, blood circulation, and all of these things. That your body has a memory, uh, so it doesn't go into a shock. And probably most people, you can put them in an ice bath of zero degree for a minute or two, and they're going to be fine. They don't, unless you've got a heart problem, which you're going to find out very quickly, uh, you're going to be okay. Um, the, the problem is not so much to get into ice water. The problem is to swim for a distance in ice water, which means that you need to be there for 10, 20 minutes, half an hour, 
And that's, in my, I, I'm a firm believer that it's all about the human mind, um, the ability to, to push away uh, the panic, uh, which is very painful from the beginning, very unpleasant, but it focuses you like, like a laser beam. You know, you, you, it completely shuts down your sensory uh, intake. You can't hear, see, feel anything. You focus on one thing. Is moving forward in this ice cold. So why do you do it? <laughs> um, you know, if you want to be famous, you find something that no one does and do it. <laughs> okay. A lot of people told me that there are various other ways to become famous rather than swimming ice. Uh, look, I love water and swimming. Always been my passion. I love open water and the sea. And... Swimming in, swimming in Cape Town, uh, all of us, uh, which I have to mention the team, sorry, it's myself, mm. Andrew Chin, Ryan Stremrod, uh, Tox Bevere, and Carmen Holtman, who, who unfortunately not going to be able to join us this time. Um, we, we swim in the cold water and we swim longer distances and longer distances. It's always the challenge of how far can we go and not just once off put your life at risk and see how far can you go. How far can you go on a regular basis? Uh, can you do 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour? We are close to the limit, but we do things now that a few years ago we thought humanly impossible. So I'm fascinated by... My, my, my big vision is to try and get ice swimming into the Winter Olympic one day. I think it will be a great spectacular sport, a spectator sport. How many people are, are doing this kind of thing um, at the moment? I mean, how many, of, uh, apart from you guys, uh, how many other people are going to be there? You know, the Winter Swimming Association, which founded in Finland about 20 years ago, has 150,000 members in Finland only, and thousands of members in Russia. It's, it's obviously not a sport that um, we hear a lot about in South Africa, in, in, in Northern Europe, it's, it's a big sport, not so big in North America, not big at all in Japan, but very big in China. And, and, and it's growing. I, uh, I founded the International Ice Swimming Association in 2009 with all, all, all the, the five of us are basically the founding members. And the idea of International Ice Swimming Association is that you need to swim a mile under five degrees to become a member. Uh, at the moment, we've got 70 members. Started, it really went overseas two years ago. Uh, we've got 70 members. We've got ambassadors in eight countries. And it's growing. And uh, I have to swim. I have to, we have to go, every South African swimmer to Europe, to swim in ice, to promote it for fun. Ram, it sounds, it sounds fascinating. If folks want to follow this journey of you guys swimming across the Bering Straits, uh, is there anywhere online that uh, they can sort of get touch base with you? You know, the best, because we're going to change uh, SIM card when we get to Moscow, and, and we travel about 10 time zones. So every time we get someplace, we buy a local SIM card so we can access the Internet. The best way to follow us is to look on Facebook, uh, the name of our page is, it's a public page, not private. It's, uh, SA 
team swim across to bearing something like that. And there's, that's where we put information, maps, uh, daily update, so 